What's up? This is David. I'm back again with another episode of Blood and Fire Radio Podcast. This is episode number 78. Uh, Alright, yeah, I'm a little off schedule. You know I like to release these things on Sundays, but um, my last episode was a little late, and then subsequently this episode is a tiny bit late as well. But uh, that's alright. I intend to get back on schedule uh, with the next episode, so... All right, we're going to go to Austria here. This is a band that I've played maybe twice before on the podcast. Um, Very good black death metal band. Been around since 92. The band is Belfagor, and um, coincidentally, they're one of my four-year-old son's uh, favorite bands. Not that he really understands anything about the, the imagery or the lyrics or anything like that, nor should he. But uh, he loves the drumming, so he's way into drums, and uh, they've always had uh, stellar drumming on their albums, and uh, they continue to have really good drummers. Whenever one leaves, they get somebody who's equally as good, if not better, to replace them. Um, so yeah, he's he's digging some Belfagor these days. But um, they actually are celebrating the 20th uh, anniversary of their third album, so to celebrate that, they decided to re-record the title track um, and just release that as a standalone single. Uh, That was released on September 25th of this year through Nuclear Blast. They made a music video for it as well. They've got 11 records uh, in total, uh, and again, this one comes off of the third. Um, The the album's called Necrodemon Terror Satan, uh, which I laugh at because it literally sounds like they had a dartboard with evil words on it and just kind of threw four darts at it, and whatever four words it landed on, they just kind of said, yeah, we we can smush those together and make a cool title. So, yeah, it's a pretty stupid title, but, uh, yeah, so it's the title track from that album, um, that they re-recorded. That album actually was kind of before they, they kind of, uh, expanded to a wider audience, because it really wasn't until their fourth album, uh, Lucifer Incestus, that they started, uh, getting more notoriety and getting better tours and things like that, and then they've kind of been on an upward, uh, swing ever since then, but, uh, yeah, at the time that this album was released in 2000, they were still pretty, pretty underground at the time, but, um, but they do have the drummer who drummed on the original record, uh, he came back to do the uh, drums for this re-recording, he's always been, remained a friend of the band, and, uh, stepped in whenever they need session drums on albums, or, you know, things like that, so, um, so, yeah, he's not a member, but he's never too far away from this bunch, his name is Florian, um, a.k.a. Torturer, and he's a really good drummer, so it's always cool to hear him playing on some Belfagor stuff again. So, uh, But yeah, again, they're working on a new record. Not sure who the drummer is going to be for that, but uh, this is meant to just be kind of a filler, a place placeholder, I guess, to wet your whistle until they come out with a new record. This is just kind of a standalone thing. So, Off of Necrodemon Terror Satan, this is Belfagor with Necrodemon Terror Satan. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.
Alright, that was Belphegor with Necrodemon Terror Satan. Uh, they were definitely more of a straightforward uh, death metal band for those first three records, and uh, it really wasn't until the fourth album, Lucifer and Cestus, when they started kind of uh, injecting some, some more black metal type uh, riffing into their songs. But uh, yeah, it's that record, Necrodemon uh, Terror Satan, did not have the greatest of productions, so it's cool to hear that song uh, with a more modern day um, kind of punchy production to it. But All right, we're going to jump to Sweden here. This is a band that's been around since 05, and they just keep getting better. They're kind of a more traditional heavy metal style. Um, but they're excellent. I, I love the vocals and just the overall feel of this band is really, really cool. And they're signed to Metal Blade these days, which is well-deserved. The band is Portrait, and um, they haven't released anything since 2017, so I'm going to play something off of that most recent one, but I heard they're working on uh, a new one. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But, uh, yeah, they are one of those bands that, to me, has gotten stronger with each album with their songwriting, and the guitar work is really good. And there's almost kind of a, a King Diamond-ish vibe to it, um, which I love, of course. But, um, yeah, if you have not checked out this band's uh, discography, you should. Um, but they, they've really gotten hit their stride, and they're putting out some really good stuff these days. So I'm, I'm eager to see uh, what the next album has in store. But uh, their most recent album is called Burn the World. came out in August of 2017. That's their fourth one overall. And, again, that came out on Metal Blade. And, um, yeah, there's not much else to say. It definitely satisfies for that kind of traditional, kind of almost almost thrashy heavy metal um, that I love. So, here we go, off of Burn the World. This is Portrait with To Die For.
right. That was Portrait from Sweden with To Die For. Um, that whole album is great. Um, I always confuse them with another band. Um, there's Portrait, and then there's a band called Them that was actually kind of like a... Not quite a super group, I guess, but it has some well-known names in it. Um, but I think they initially formed as like a King Diamond or Merciful Fate like tribute band, and then they started kind of coming up with original material from there that kind of has this same kind of sound. So for a long time, I used to confuse those two bands, and it took me a while to finally commit to memory that Portrait was just a band that just does like straight up original material. Um, Alright, we're going to go to Australia here. This is a, a band. Australia put, you know, their black metal scene has put out some really weird stuff over the years. They're, they've kind of found this niche with uh, the more avant-garde um, style that's very fast and furious and just kind of... Uh, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. To me, it just sounds like a, a bunch of noise most of the time. I'm going to sound like an old man here, you know, shaking my fist at the kids and their music. But, um, yeah, there's a, a lot of the time I just don't get it. But um, this band is really no different. But their really early stuff, I do actually like. It, it was just the right amount of experimental stuff for me before it got to be just too uh, abstract for my taste but the band is called Spire they're out of Brisbane they've been around since uh, 2007 I believe and uh, their debut album I think came out in 2016 but they did you know like a demo and an EP um, maybe even a split or two before that that debut ever came out so this was uh, I'm gonna play something off of their first just release in general um, it was their debut EP Self-titled, so it's just called Spire, but it was released through Obscure Abhorrence Productions. And uh, they just kind of do the whole Roman numeral thing with their um, song titles on this particular release. But yeah, this one is uh, certainly still experimental and kind of avant-garde, but it's not so much so um, that I just can't wrap my head around it. So this kind of fits a nice blend, you know, for me. So I dig it. Hopefully you guys will as well. So here we go, off of the self-titled EP from 2010, this is Spire with Song 5.
Okay, that was Spire with Song 5, which I'm kind of making myself laugh here with something stupid because it's Song 5, so of course it's Roman numerals, so it's just a V, and it makes me think of uh, The Simpsons with Bart, when he says, Come on, Bart, where have you seen Roman numerals before? And he's thinking, he goes, Ah, Rocky V! So that means Rocky 2 plus Rocky 5 equals Rocky 7, Adrian's Revenge. So if you get that joke, then you're a friend of mine. Uh, all right, cracking myself up with stupidness. Um, all right, what the hell are we doing? Okay, going to France. <laughs> going to France with the next one. This band's been around since 2011. They've done a demo, an EP, a couple of full lengths. Um, I'm going to play something off of their newest one that just came out in September. The band is called Hexecutor. And I know that sounds like a... 80s thrash band and this is thrashy but it's certainly kind of more on the extreme side as far as the vocals and there's just a certain rawness to it and it doesn't just sit neatly in that uh, thrash subgenre you know um, there's just thrashy elements but it's hard to classify it's just kind of extreme metal that's all I can say but there's great guitar work uh, pretty ferocious vocals uh, I'm really digging this album a lot the album is called Beyond Any Human Conception of Knowledge, and that came out uh, on September 25th through Dying Victims Productions, and uh, this is their second full length. Uh, I have not listened to the debut yet, I've just been too kind of fixated on the on this new one for the last month or so, and um, it's really good. It's just, it's a really strong record that doesn't necessarily have uh, a lot of like standout, standalone, like obvious singles uh you know what i mean like the whole record is great but i don't really pay close attention to the individual songs i just have it on and and just kind of bob my head to it while i'm working at my computer and such um but it's a really good record if you haven't heard of this band or heard this new album uh you should check it out so so yes from france off of beyond any human conception of knowledge this is hexecutor with buried alive with her silk white dress
Hexecutor with Buried Alive with her white silk dress. Really, really good guitar work. Um, I love the riff changes in that song and the way it ends, the kind of whole change of the, the feel of the song, change in tempo. Uh, I think it's great. But um, if you haven't heard that record, I, I highly recommend it. All right, we're going to go to something really classic here. And I know I've already played Portrait, and then I just played uh, Hexecutor there, which kind of has a somewhat traditional metal feel to it. So I'm going to slap you with one more, and then we'll get to some more extreme stuff in case you're getting a little beaten down with traditional metal. But um, this is one that I kind of revisited uh, not long ago and just kind of remembered how much I, I like uh, this band. And the band is Queensryche, and Queensryche is not one that I was into, uh, you know, as a kid or anything like that, but uh, whenever I started my first band in high school, um, I kind of poached this uh, guitar player, this guy Mike, who, he wasn't in another band or anything, but it was one of those things where I was not any good at drumming yet, 
but even though I knew that, I knew that this guy was really good at guitar and um, I needed to steal him before somebody else snagged him for their own band. So I approached him about starting something up and he uh, he was down for it. So, um, But one of the traits about him was he knew pretty much all the complicated Metallica solos and Randy Rhodes and Jakey Lee, Ozzy solos, but he knew uh, an excessive amount of Queensryche material. Um, like full songs, he just knew knew it all. Evidently, that was one of his father's uh, favorite bands, and that just kind of transferred over to him as a kid. So he just loves everything they've done and backwards and forwards. And so, um, yeah, we learned um, a bunch of covers as a new band, and and just mostly playing Metallica and, and Megadeth. And we did a bunch of Iced Earth covers and a few Queensrÿche covers and things like that. I tried, I think, a couple of Iron Maiden ones as well. But we never really played any gigs or anything. We just practiced constantly and had a bunch of fun doing it. But um, but yeah, so Queensryche was kind of introduced to me through Mike. And um, subsequently, that style of, of music is kind of what split the band up because it was I was drifting into more extreme territories and wanting to play faster and thrashier, more straightforward thrash because I was getting a lot more into like Destruction and Sodom and stuff like that. And Mike was wanting to kind of take things in a more progressive direction, uh, kind of a Queensryche dream theater type thing, and I just wasn't as into it. And our singer, um, really, he was just more focused on trying to get tail, I think, more than anything else. So, yeah, our priorities uh, shifted with the music, so we ended up kind of splitting it up. But um, but I still love Queensryche, and I still, I mean, I really like the newer stuff as well, since Jeff Tate has been gone. The stuff with Todd Latour has been uh, really good, and they kind of have a more classic sound now than they've had for a long time. But uh, I'm going to play something off of their debut EP. Um, so their first album came out in 84, first full length, that is, it was called Warning. But before that, they released this self-titled EP in September of 83, and uh, because they formed in 82 so they were still really fresh when this came out but this was released uh, through EMI Records back in 83 and uh, short and sweet but the songs that are on there are real classics and really memorable and they still play uh, a number of these songs uh, from this EP live uh, today which is crazy that Todd Latour can sing them and hit these notes because uh, Jeff Tate was hitting some high notes in these, these old songs but yeah, I revisited this one um, about a week ago and just kind of remembered how much I like it. So I decided I wanted to play something off of it. So most uh, famous songs off of there would probably be uh, Queen of the Reich and uh, The Lady Wore Black, but uh, I've always been a fan of this one. There's only like four songs on the EP, so you can't really call this a deep cut, <laughs> but it's kind of a more overlooked uh, song from the EP. So. Here we go from the self-titled 1983 EP. This is Queensryche with Knight Rider.
That was Queensryche with Knight Rider. I love that song. Um, okay, we're going to jump to the UK here out of Suffolk. And um, they've been around since 91. The band is Cradle of Filth. And uh, that's a band that I shunned for much of my early metal years because I hated their look. Because at the time, uh, they were all about the kind of that pleather shiny latex and you know almost bondage look and and danny was rocking the dreadlocks and stuff and i just hated i just hated the look and uh, that was enough to kind of steer me away but once i finally dove into the music uh there was a lot to love there and uh, i've been a fan ever since but um but yes in 2016 they did something pretty cool here because there there's a lot of weirdness about the really early years of Cradle of Filth. Like, they recorded an entire uh, debut album called Geisha, and that somehow got, like, lost or deleted. And they ended up reworking some songs from that and coming up with some new songs and then turned that into their actual debut that got released, you know, The Principles of Evil Made Flesh. And, um, and then this happened. So... Uh, Paul Allender was the guitar player on the debut, and uh, as far as I knew, you know, he left and a couple other members left, and they replaced them and carried on and released the second record. That's how I knew it uh, to be, but it turns out that uh, basically that original lineup had written and recorded uh, the second album, Dusk and Her Embrace, completely before those members then left after it was recorded. And then it was decided that they would scrap that recording and re-record it with new members, which is the, the version of Dusk and Her Embrace that we all know, the one that got released back in 96. So um, I guess they kept the original, the one that was recorded with the, uh, the lineup from the debut. And here we are, you know, 20 years later in 2016, they released it. Um, Actually, I think it was kind of label disputes as well that, that led to it not being released, uh, that version that was recorded by the uh, the lineup from the debut. I think that had more to do with it than anything else. Because um, they were changing labels, and then the members left, and blah, blah, blah. So, basically, they have re-released Dusk and Her Embrace, but it's the version that was recorded by the lineup from the debut, and it has a different mix and stuff like that. So, the songs are the same songs, they just have a slightly different feel and slightly different sound, and uh, some people are, are saying that they prefer this to the uh, the other version. I don't really have a preference one way or, or the other um, when it, in terms of that. The mix is maybe a little rougher on uh, on this version, which is kind of a cool thing, I guess. But, um, but yeah, I thought that was uh, pretty cool. I never really knew that about their history, that this album was recorded with two different lineups, pretty much. And, but... Um, but yeah, it's pretty neat. So here we go. I'm going to play um, one of my favorites. My favorite tune off of this record is Funeral in Carpathia, but I am almost certain I have played that on an earlier episode, so I didn't want to play it again. Uh, so I'm going to play my second favorite tune off of this record. So off of this weird original recording of Dusk and Her Embrace, this is Cradle of Filth with Beauty Slept in Sodom.
was cradle of filth with beauty slept in sodom great tune interesting mix um i think the guitars are a little less uh, front and center on that mix and i'm not so sure i like that i like the rawness of it but i, I do kind of like the uh the guitars being a little more uh, center of attention i guess on the uh the mix that we're used to from 96 uh okay we're gonna jump to well this is kind of an international project i guess because um there's some German members, and then there's another member that lives in the UK. So there's kind of a blend here. But uh, the band is called Heads for the Dead. And the only reason I know about this band is because uh, I am a big fan of the label, uh, Transcending Obscurity Records. And uh, they have been uh, heavily advertising uh, new material from Heads for the Dead. Uh, they've been around since 2017. I think they released their debut that same year, actually. Um, but they just released, or they haven't released it yet, but they just released a single off of it uh, from their next album. The album is going to be called Into the Red. It's coming out on December 11th of this year, so um, we are less than a month away from that. Limited to only 400 physical copies, but of course it'll be out there digitally through uh, Transcending Obscurity. Basically, it's groovy heavy death metal and um one of the guys in the band is uh, johnny peterson who's a very hard-working individual uh, he's in a number of projects including uh, just before dawn 
and uh, you know Ursin, which is a band that he does uh, with Dave Ingram from Benediction. And uh, but yeah, he, he's in at any given time. He seems to be a member of like six or seven different things. <laughs> so I actually wasn't aware at first that he was a, a part of this project as well. But uh, upon doing some research, I saw that he was in it. So I was like, okay, well that makes sense. And that explains why it's good as well. Pretty much anything he does is good. But um, but yeah, I have checked out the uh, debut, and it's really solid. And this, uh, this single is really solid as well. I like it, so I'm definitely going to be giving this uh, new album a chance when it comes out here in a few weeks. There's no way that I'll forget to check it out because uh, I, I see the ads, uh, posts, and everything about it from the label um, almost on a daily basis for this new album. So I will definitely check it out. So... Here we go, off of Into the Red, this is Heads for the Dead with At the Dead of Night.
All right, that was Heads for the Dead with At the Dead of Night. I love it. It's really groovy. It's like a non-shitty six feet under. <laughs> All right, we're going to jump to Norway here. This is a real classic, and this is a, a record that I haven't really listened much to, uh, mostly because it's not very good, but uh, it's considered a classic just because it was kind of revolutionary. It was kind of groundbreaking at the time. Uh, which I can understand and respect, but, you know, with my ears in 2020 listening to this album, it's uh, it's pretty shitty, let's be honest here. The band is Mayhem, and the album is Death Crush. Um, Death Crush is considered an EP, not a full length, but, of course, Mayhem formed in 84, and this was the uh, first release, um, other than the pure fucking Armageddon demo, but this was the first, like, properly recorded uh, release. Came out in August of 87. It was limited to a thousand copies and it was released through Poser Corpse Music. Uh, of course, it had some printing issues. So, a uh, first batch of the album was printed in such a way that the cover looked pink instead of red. So, that's considered like a collector's item pretty much if you have one of the original pink uh, pressings. And then they corrected it and it was red after that. But, um, yeah, interesting. Um, of course, this kind of paved the way. I mean, Bathory was already doing some pretty extreme stuff like this anyways, but it wasn't necessarily um, super appreciated yet. It was just kind of an underground thing, but uh, Mayhem kind of took it to a, a different level. And uh, it's kind of split with the vocal duties on this. Um, for the most part, the originals are sung by Maniac, and the cover songs that are on this EP were sung by Messiah. I think uh, Messiah may have sung on one of the originals. I can't remember which one. I know Maniac sung on Death Crush, and he sung on this song uh, as well. So maybe uh, Messiah sung on uh, Necrolust, maybe. But um, but yeah, this song is my favorite off of it. I mean, everybody knows the, uh, the title track, of course, and uh, the band still does break out some of these songs in their live set. Um, but yeah, I mean, they don't really they're not great songs <laughs> there's there's some memorable riffs in there but uh yeah they're just they're pretty it's pretty sloppy stuff you know but um it was a stepping stone to get them where they are now so uh it deserves some respect uh, in that regard it really kind of kick-started this norwegian uh, black metal movement so uh so yeah here we go off of 1987's death crush this is mayhem with chainsaw guts fuck <laughs>
All right. That was Mayhem with Chainsaw Gutsfuck. I do love the bass tone. Like, the overall mix of that EP, uh, I do like. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the songwriting wasn't really much to speak of, but I think more people are kind of in love with the uh, the idea of what Death Crush represents uh, more so than the songs themselves. So... We're moving on here to Sweden. This is a one-man band, uh, but he does utilize um, session drummers. He did have a a permanent drummer that was in the band from like 96 until 2008, I want to say. But uh, yeah, ever since that guy left, he's just been using session people. The band is called Svartsin. From Sweden, they've been around since 93, and uh, the only reason I checked them out the first time, like I've played them on on, uh, the podcast before, and I've probably mentioned this last time I played them as well, but uh, the only reason I even checked them out and got into them was uh, because I had bought a CD of uh, Dark Funeral, Secrets of the Black Arts, but it was a a re-release where it came with a bonus disc, and the bonus disc was basically the exact same album, um, but they, I guess they had recorded it kind of similar to that Cradle of Filth story, I guess, where they had recorded it at one studio, and, um, I guess they were such a, a mess, <laughs> such a disaster uh, to be around, you know, with drunkenness and shenanigans and stuff, that it never got finished, uh, at that first studio, so then they went to a different studio and re-recorded it all there, and that's the version that we all know and love, but this bonus disc basically had the songs that were recorded at a different uh, studio and the had a different drummer. And I thought the drumming on that version was much tighter. I liked the drumming better on that version and come to find out that that drummer who was in Dark Funeral at the time was the drummer for Svartsen. So uh, he's the guy that was in Svartsen from 96 to like 2008 or 2010, I can't remember. But, uh, but yeah, that's what prompted me to check this band out, and I really like their stuff. I really liked the last album a lot, and uh, this new one just came out on October 30th. It's called Requiem, and uh, came out through Carnal Records. And I have not um, given this full album like a fair shake yet, but what I have heard off of it, I've only heard maybe three songs off of it, and, uh, but I like it. It picks up right where the last one left off, and um, I'm digging it, so... Um, this week while I'm working, since I'm working from home, all I do is listen to music and listen to podcasts and stuff like all day, so I will definitely be giving uh, this album a full, proper spin uh, in the coming days here. But um, this one is one of the three that I have heard so far, and it stood out to me as a favorite amongst those three. So here we go, off of the new album Requiem, this is Svartsin with The Pale Horse.
right, that was Svartsin from Sweden with The Pale Horse. Great song and uh, really good production as well. Uh, he's really uh, embraced that kind of more modern, thick, heavy production, and it suits uh, it suits the sound, suits the material really well, I think. Um, all right, we're going to stay in Sweden here. This is a... Uh, a trio, a three-piece band that's been around since uh, 05. They're pretty thrashy, but I'm not going to call them a thrash band. It's kind of blackened thrash, but uh, they don't stick to just the standard thrash drum beats. Uh, he includes more blasting and things like that. But it has a real kind of lo-fi, um, old-school production and great vocals. I love this guy's voice. But... Um, the songs are intense, and I just, I don't know, there's something about this record that uh, I got introduced to it maybe three months ago uh, through this Facebook group that I'm a part of. It's a, it's for kind of newer thrash bands, like bands that formed from 2000 onwards, and um, for the most part, they stick to pretty like standard, like traditional thrash sound uh, in that group, but every now and again, somebody will post something that's a little more black and thrash. And uh, so this was one that somebody was praising highly, so I checked it out, and I really like the record a lot. Um, I haven't checked out their first two. The band is called Entrench, and they've got three albums total. I'm going to play something off of the most recent, that third record. The record's called Through the Walls of Flesh, and that came out in July of 2017 on I Hate Records. And uh, yeah, I need to dive into the first two uh, of their discographies and see if it's as good as this one, because I really like this record, so... So yes, here we go, off of Through the Walls of Flesh, this is Entrench with Enter the Fray.
Right. That was Entrench with Enter the Fray. Really cool tune and a really, really good record. I suggest you check it out. I need to check out those first couple of theirs as well. All right, we're going to do another three-piece band here. Going to Italy for this one. This one was a bit of a late substitution. I had a different um, band in mind to play and then kind of at the last minute decided that it wasn't a good fit, so I wanted to find something else to play. And I'm really not that familiar with this band, but I hope to be more familiar with this band because I like what I've heard. So I was just kind of scouting out for something I could plug in to this spot on the episode, and I found this band. So the band is called Fides Inversa, um, which means like opposite faith or something like that um, in Latin. But... Um, yeah, it's, an, it's a three-piece band from Italy. They've got three records uh, in their in their lineup. They uh, include the current drummer for Blutaus Nord, um, who is French, so I'm not really sure if that drummer is French or if Blutaus Nord has an Italian drummer. <laughs> I'm not really sure. But, uh, but yeah, this band has three records. They just released their, uh, their most recent one in July of this year called Historia Nocturna. Came out on World Terror Committee. But um, I, there's some very kind of subtle keys in their sound, but for the most part, it's just kind of epic, melodic, black metal, and they just do it really well. It's really quality stuff um, that I've heard off of this record, so very pleasantly surprised. I've never heard of them before, uh, but I need to, just like I was saying with uh, Entrench, I need to not only give this album a more thorough listen, but uh, give the first two records a listen as well, because I like what I have heard off of this record. So, since I don't know much about their background, I'll just shut up and play the song. So, off of Historia Nocturna, this is Fetus Inversa with The Visit.
right, that was a very a very sharp fade out there. That was Fetus Inversa with The Visit. Really good stuff. Um, I'm really excited to check out the rest of that album and the albums that came uh, before it. Um, okay, there's kind of an Italian tie to this next one as well, but for the most part, uh, this band is based out of Norway. This is a more traditional black metal sound here. The band is called Funeral Harvest. And uh, they just released their debut EP, and I've been seeing some little ads here and there on some black metal uh, Facebook groups and things like that. So I decided to check it out on their Bandcamp and really liked what I heard. So I decided uh, I would play something on the episode. So yeah, the band is Funeral Harvest, and it is a self-titled EP that they just released on October 30th through Signal Rex Records. Uh, They do have one demo prior to this EP. Uh, they've been around since 2016, so this is their first, uh, you know, kind of bigger release, I guess, in their short existence so far. And, uh, yeah, it's it's not really, it's not groundbreaking, of course. It's just kind of a more orthodox uh, approach to black metal, a more straightforward approach. But uh, I really like the production of this EP, and uh, I dig the songs. They just kind of do it well, and I think that deserves to be celebrated a little bit, so... From Norway, with some sort of an Italian member or two thrown in there for good measure, this is Funeral Harvest with Sacred Dagger.
Alright, there we go. From Norway, that was Funeral Harvest with Sacred Dagger. You see what I mean? It's like it's nothing new, but I just think that's some damn good black metal. But, um... We're gonna move on to Finland here. This band is one that I uh, am pretty excited about. I didn't know much about them until within just these past couple of weeks. But, um... I've really been diving into their stuff and liking it a lot. This band existed from 99 to 04 and then uh, disbanded and then they reformed in 07 and are still going now. Uh, during that initial stretch from 99 to 04, they only released uh, demos. I think there's three demos maybe during that span before they disbanded. And since the reforming in 07, they've now released um, three albums. And uh, their most recent, they're kind of spaced out here, so uh, their most recent one came out in 2016, and then the one prior to that was in 2010. So they kind of put out albums in 07, 2010, and then 2016, and, and uh, nothing since. But I'm going to play something off of the uh, most recent record called Vulturin, or Vulturine, I'm not sure, but it's basically Vulture with, you know, I-N-E at the end of it. Vulturin. But um, is, that, is that a word, or do they make that up? I don't even know. But uh, that came out in March of 2016 through Debemir Morty Productions, who always releases some damn good black metal. But this stuff is really um, epic. Like, that's kind of the best word I can use for it. Like, it's epic black metal, and it's just done really well. And uh, it's just been hitting the spot for me. It's been scratching that itch. Um, and, yeah, this album is great. And uh, I don't know what it is. Like, I, I, <laughs> I sound like a broken record here, but I find an album, like an, a band that I had not heard before and somebody recommends an album or I see something about an album and I will check out that album and I'll go headfirst into it and I'll get way into that album and then not check out the albums that came before it. I don't know what my deal is with that. Maybe I just don't have time for it. But basically, yes, I've already said that with a few bands on this episode, but I'm going to say it again for this one too because... I really like this third album, and I need to check out the first two. <laughs> so, one of these days, I will get around to hearing all these damn albums. But, um, for now, I'm just going to keep enjoying this one. So, Off of the album Vulturin, or Vulturine, whatever it is, this is Draugnim, that's D-R-A-U-G-N-I-M, with Drums of Black Death. <laughs> Thank you. 
Okay, that was Draugnim with Drums of Black Death. Really, really awesome stuff. Really melodic, really epic, and um, it's just really, really damn good. Um, yeah, I really, really dig that record a lot. All right, uh, you may have noticed, typically I do 13 songs per episode, and you may have noticed that that was the 13th tune but I have one more for you, just a little bonus tune, because I just felt like including this tune. <laughs> I felt like it was a good closer, and I just wanted to have 14 songs this time around. So I'm going to announce here the final song of the episode. But first, I, of course, want to thank everybody for listening, and thanks for telling other people about the podcast. Um, if anyone wants to know uh, how they can listen, they can listen online at bloodandfireradio.podbean.com. Uh, or on the free Podbean app, which I highly recommend. Um, of course, the entire catalog of new and old episodes, uh, all of the episodes are on Spotify, so find it there and follow it. Uh, any sort of feedback or requests or just anything you want to know or ask me, uh, you can email me at bloodandfireradio at gmail.com. And of course, please find and like the Facebook page because any sort of uh, you know updates or information about future episodes or questions that I have for you, the listeners out there, uh, it's all going to be posted there. So again, I hope to be um, back on track in releasing my next episode, uh, not this upcoming Sunday, but the Sunday after. So in the meantime, Thanksgiving will have come and gone. So for the American listeners, have a good Thanksgiving with your families and stay safe and all that all that noise and um yeah i'll be back uh, the weekend after thanksgiving with a new episode so here we go i am going to play this was a two-man band but really it's kind of a one-man band from russia uh one guy plays all the instruments and programs all the drums and stuff like that and the other guy he doesn't even do the vocals he just writes all the lyrics so that's kind of his role uh, in the band this is a project that formed in 06, and it's just kind of up in the air as to whether or not this is still an active band, because they only released this one thing in 2007, and then nothing since. And um, they've never announced any sort of, uh, you know, disbanding or, you know, calling off this, this project, but... I don't uh, expect, there hasn't really been any rumblings from their camp in, an, in a long, long time, so I don't really expect there to be anything else from this band, but, uh, but yeah, who knows. Uh, the band is called Valnut, and that's W-A-L-K-N-U-T, and uh, they released this one, I don't, I don't even think they had a, a demo or anything, they just kind of threw this album out there and then that was the end of it so this was a full-length album that came out in april of 07 called grave forests and their shadows and i don't even remember how i came across it but it, it was around the time that it came out uh when i first heard it so it was probably 2007 2008 around there when i first heard this and it is definitely like for fans of like drutk uh, or projects like that where it's very epic melodic black metal um it has these program drums it's kind of hypnotic the songs are long and uh, there is a um, a lot of repetition similar to like hate forest or, or a band like that as well it's it's similar in style um but you know with not as uh, horrible lyrics but um yeah this this whole album is great but really the first full like tune on this album is uh is so good that uh, I have to play just that one. And this is a song that I've listened to to death. I've heard it a million times. 
and I still love it. It's still really good. So it's a longer song, but you know, you know how I roll by now. I always end with a longer song. So, so yes, here we go. Thanks again for listening, everybody. And I will see you in oh, about a week and a half with a new episode. So off of Grave Forest and Their Shadows, this is Valnut with Motherland Austin Vega. <laughs>